0: There's only so many ways to get the tight end the football, and Hayden just fell victim to that.
1: Much credit to our listeners uh, for keeping us afloat. You're a very loyal bunch, and we do appreciate that.
0: The quality will be better, but the content of what you're saying is still going to be terrible. The content will still be awful. I will have nothing,
1: nothing of value or entertainment to say.
0: Welcome into the lounge. Free agency has officially opened, uh, but with lots of caveats, and we're going to get into all that. Uh, Mike and I are day three of the new Quarantine Daily Lounge podcast. It's also episode number 200, so thank you to everybody who's been listening since day one. Uh, it's been a good few years, and uh, we've got a lot more exciting podcasts coming up, so uh, how are you feeling over there? Uh,
1: I'm feeling, I am honestly feeling very proud of 200. That that should not be minimized. Uh, sometimes, you know, we I know as much as we hate to do it, we you know pat ourselves on the back. Yes, we are just so incredibly modest. We don't like reading the reviews that talk about how much people love the podcast, anything like that. You know, correct. We hate that stuff. Correct. Um, but but um, you know, as I mentioned before, I went to that podcasting conference and they talked like when people would be like, "Oh yeah, we hit our fiftieth episode," they were like, "Wow!" and and now we've hit 200, and that is that's a, uh, an accomplishment. Much credit to Michelle Andres, our fearless leader. Are you
0: trying to get a uh, raise out of this? Is that what this is about? You try to, you know, I mean, you talk about I all mean, the great that, things. Uh, if that happens, I won't be sad about it. <laughs> right. Um, but and and much credit
1: to Garrett, uh, who has edited the podcast throughout. I will give you your due. Appreciate um, that. And much and much credit to our listeners uh, for keeping us afloat. And um, you're a very loyal bunch, and we do appreciate that. And we got t-shirts to give out. It's gonna be once we get back in the office and we spray those bad boys down with some Lysol. Uh Uh-huh. It's gonna be a t-shirt bonanza.
0: Well, that is. If you are waiting for a t-shirt right now, I'm sure you can understand that things are a bit unique. But (laughs) the t-shirts are in a box sitting next to Ryan's desk, so that it's it's sitting next to the truth chair between our two desks. Uh, so that's not an option. Right now, um, that's true. Yeah, um, yeah. So we will get those. Well, eventually, eventually,
1: yeah. eventually, you know, in probably two years, we'll be back in the office, um, <laughs> right? And we'll we'll get those T-shirts out. And, it's crazy and, time.
0: Yeah, and not to uh, not to be you know beat a dead horse here, be too sappy, but in terms of the listeners, one thing that's been awesome about the podcast over the past several years that we've done it through these 200 episodes is that I definitely feel like there's community with our podcast listeners. That's different than any other platform that we have. And it's just awesome to mm-hmm. see the emails, uh, the tweets that we get um, people on the street who stop us and, and say hello and listen to the lounge. So uh, sincerely thank you to everybody that has listened for these past 200 episodes and uh, look forward to you listening for 200 more. So thank you.
1: Can I, can I can I let the cat out of the bag and say that we want to do some live pods with in attendance? Well, we uh, was, with
0: our listeners, we will sure down, let, let, down the line. Yeah, you you can let the cat out of the bag, but uh, when when big events <laughs> return, that is anybody's guess.
1: Yeah, once we're allowed to be around more than ten people and within six feet of each other, we'll be doing that.
0: Nice, um, uh, yeah. n- nice timing to announce that we're going to be doing live podcasts at a time when <laughs> you're, you're not allowed to be around more than ten people for the next two months. So. Uh, perfect timing on your part.
1: Well, that just means we don't
0: have to deliver immediately. <laughs> that's like that's the perfect kind of announcement for you. All right, uh, let's talk a little bit of football instead of just podcast stuff. Uh, so, a few housekeeping things first. It's four o'clock, and we've been talking all week about once once four o'clock hits, uh, we'll, we'll, things will become official, and we'll have plenty to say about all that. That was partially. <laughs> that is partially true. Uh, we can talk about the Hayden Hearst trade. That is official. However, NFL teams are not announcing any moves officially until players have actually taken their physical and signed their contract. I'm going to read, and this is a memo from the NFL that was sent to teams. And here's a statement from Eric DaCosta on this in compliance with the recent memo sent by the NFL management council. We withhold official announcements of any personnel moves until prospective players have safely executed a physical examination and signed a contract. Despite these circumstances, we are excited about the steps we've taken and will continue to take to improve our team during this free agency period. We look forward to announcing our moves at the appropriate time. So, like everybody, so what's going on is yeah. Everyone what's going in the on world, is yeah. we can't
1: we can't we, they can't get those physicals. So, so that's the problem is because of COVID, uh, players aren't able to come into the facilities to get those physicals to then make the contract official. So that's why we're all in a holding pattern and we can't announce them. Despite everything that you're seeing out there, we can't make it official. We can't really comment on it. That's where we're at.
0: Yep. Uh, so. We'll withhold comment on, on some of those things, but we will talk about Hayden Hurst uh, and the trade. They send Hayden Hurst to the Atlanta Falcons for a second and fifth round pick, both in this year's draft. Uh, and then the Falcons also sent a... Sorry, we sent Hayden in a fourth in exchange for right. a second and a fifth, all in this year's Correct. draft. Uh, so let's, let's start there, really in terms of what the reaction is to that move. I was... I can't say that I was shocked because there's been reports of Hayden getting traded since the middle of last season. So it's been out there. Um mm-hmm. but when you see the deal, the Ravens got a lot in return. So I think that you as a Ravens fan, you gotta feel pretty good about the you know, the return that you get with a pair of picks, including a second rounder in a draft that is deep at in that spot. You know, the Ravens are talking about adding a receiver. Maybe that second round pick that they just traded that they got in trading Hayden Harris becomes that receiver that the Ravens want to add.
1: Well, the Ravens got more for Hayden Hurst than the Texans got for DeAndre Hopkins by a wide margin. So, so, I mean, uh, yeah, I I think it's uh, really, to me, the first thing that comes to my mind is it's a win-win for both sides. The Ravens were absolutely loaded at tight end, and, of course, that's never a bad thing. It's not like you want to get rid of good players, but they had a surplus of riches there, um, and they're going to be just fine with Mark Andrews and Nick Boyle, Nick Boyle can catch the ball, too. So don't sleep on Nick Boyle as a pass catcher. Um, and, and maybe they'll add another tight end in the draft or, or whatnot. You know, I doubt the three agency, but I think they could still add one because, you know, that's that's certainly a priority are the tight ends. That's a heavy part of the offense. Um, but it's also a, a big win for Hayden because, let's face it, I mean, he was behind Mark Andrews. Nick Boyle was a huge part of this offense. He did not have the full opportunity to To break out in Baltimore, and I think that it's a good thing that he'll get that opportunity. And I I honestly think he'll make the most of it. I think he's going to put up some good numbers in Atlanta. Um, so it's it's a chance for him now with Austin Hooper out out of Atlanta to be the number one guy down there. Um, and I think with Matt Ryan, he'll do quite well. So, and the Ravens, you know, Hayden Hurst was a late first round pick. Now to get a mid second round pick in return after two seasons under contract on his rookie deal, that's a good return. Yeah. Um for a guy who had 30 catches for 349 yards and two touchdowns last year you know to get a second round pick for that second round picks are hard to get like teams value those heavily so I think that was a good deal by Costa and I'm happy for Hayden that he's going to finally get his opportunity you could you could see that he was kind of frustrated I, I think like yeah. you know he he, he was friends he was really close friends with Mark Andrews and Nick Boyle. still is a close friend of theirs um but, you know, there are times this past season, even in the Tennessee game where he made tough catches and then is, you know, waving his arms at the sideline, like, throw me the ball more. See what I just did? You know, like, come on, feed me, you know? And, and um, I could sense that. I could sense some simmering frustration from him because here's a guy who a first-round pick, you know, he suffers a foot injury, and that really put him behind Mark Andrews because to Mark's credit, he jumped, he capitalized on the opportunity when Hayden went down last year, or I'm sorry, not well, the before right. last. And Mark capitalized, and then there was no turning back because Mark just kept on performing like a number one tight end. So really, to no fault of Hayden, he fell behind the eight ball and, and down the pecking uh, pecking order. So I think that was tough for him to swallow. Um, and, and, and this is a good opportunity for him elsewhere.
0: Yeah, a couple points on what you just said. First of all, on second-round picks being tough to get, just to drive home that point, I mean, think about the fact that when the Ravens traded up to get Lamar at the end of the first round, they sacrificed a second round pick, you know? And so just to kind of illustrate how valued second round picks are, that was what they gave up at at that point, you know, two years ago. Um, And on Hayden, one thing I think is important to note is I do not look at him as a bust. Like I don't look at him as a first round bust. Um, I think it's exactly the way that exactly what you said, Mark Andrews, ends up winning that job and has great chemistry with Lamar Jackson, and he's been great for the past few years. Pro bowler, uh, and looks like one of the best tight ends in the game. So then you have the blocker and Boyle. It just There's only so many reps to go around at that position, even though the Ravens love putting all of them on the field at the same time, and they, and they love right. the big jumbo sets. There's only so many ways to get the tight end the football, and Hayden just fell victim to that. So like I do not think of him as somebody who can't play. I think he can play. No. And I actually like no. have, have have said on the podcast before, but obviously before the trade happened, like, hey, I'd like to maybe see him get more involved. Um, and so mm-hmm. and and now he's gonna get that opportunity in Atlanta and I think that he certainly could go and, and have a really good season down down there.
1: Right. The the issue is how do you get him more involved? Right. I mean, you know, I I'd like to give Mark Andrews the ball some more. He deserves it. You know, and, and I'd like to get, let's say, the Ravens draft a wide receiver in the first two rounds. I'd like to get that guy the ball. I'd like to get Hollywood the ball more, Yeah, you know, when he's fully healthy next year. So even though I think that he was breaking out, it was still going to be hard. You know, I think all of us wanted to get Hayden the ball, but it was going to be hard because now, all of a sudden, we have a lot of weapons on offense. And uh, so so that's a good thing. And and I think Eric DeCosta's quote really kind of sums it up well, too. He says, Quote, Hayden is a talented, emerging player in this league and a high character individual for whom we have a lot of respect. We're grateful for the contributions he made to our team and for the role he played in our success the past two seasons. We feel this is a mutually beneficial deal and we wish Hayden the very best in Atlanta.
0: Yeah, yeah, that mutually so, beneficial part definitely kind of stands out. You can sometimes trades are best for both sides. And this, mm-hmm. is a, this is a fresh start for Hayden. And in terms of like the frustration piece, you could see that the point that you made about kind of pointing over to the sidelines and saying, feed me the ball, give me the rock. Uh, fans obviously saw that as well. And, you know, I think about like the Buffalo game uh, where he had yep. that, that big play and it just seemed like that was a weight off his shoulders. And when he steps to the podium after the game, he talks about how it's been really frustrating and, and hard and he's had to um, kind of endure not feeling like he's kind of lived up to first round billing and wants more opportunities. Like he was dealing with all of that. So um, the frustration was definitely there. I don't think the confidence ever wavered. Like he definitely is confident in his abilities and feels like if he gets more opportunities, he's going to perform. And uh, I don't, see any reason why that wouldn't be the case it's not like he's a guy that was plagued by drops or anything like that I mean he just it was just an opportunity situation he caught everything yeah
1: he caught everything I was very impressed can we just stop and I want to hear from I want to hear the words out of your mouth Garrett who was loyal who amongst the two of us was loyal to Hayden the entire time despite you know some struggles in his rookie season not really putting up big
0: numbers who said Hayden Hurst is going to be a good player. I believe in Hayden Hurst. Who said that? I think both of us said that. The one thing that I I did say is that he was never going to be an 800-plus yard receiver for the Ravens. So I think I'm correct. Am I not? Well, am I not? Say for
1: the are you just adding the for the Ravens now, or did you say that from the beginning?
0: Yeah, for the Ravens. So once again, (laughs) I I continue to be correct. And you you said he was going to be a thousand yard receiver in his third year for the Ravens. So (laughs) I did not. You continue continue to miss. Continue to miss. (laughs) I did not. I think I've always thought he's a good player. I've always thought he's a good player. I think that the (laughs) and the the trade validates that like the Ravens getting what they got for him validates that the league and the Falcons view him as a quality player.
1: I'm going to say this right now, and I hope none of my fellow fantasy football owners are out there listening, but because Hayden Hurst is going to be a nice late round pick next year. (laughs) So he's going to be a nice late round pick.
0: So, you know, the, the one, the one thing about the trade that does make me nervous, and I I do think the Ravens will will probably add another tight end, maybe in the draft. You know, that went from one of the best position groups on the on the team to suddenly it's a little thin because if they use the tight end so much that if Boyle or Andrews were to get hurt, then all of a sudden you're you're kind of scrambling a little bit. That's the one thing that makes me a little nervous about it. But if you get that kind of return, um, it's hard to, to not take that trade.
1: Yeah, and I do think you bring up a good point in that one thing that I think that was a little bit overlooked from the playoff loss was the injury to Nick Boyle. What was it? The first drive of the second half or something Mm -hmm. like that. I mean, it was midway through the game and Nick Boyle goes down. That hurt the Ravens offense in that playoff loss. Right. Um, So, you know, and, and Mark Andrews takes some hits. I mean, he's a tough guy and he played through them. I think, I don't think he missed the game last year. Maybe he said, I think he set out the regular season finale. Uh, so played in 15 and, uh, you know, he got had some bumps and bruises, but I, I, and I don't expect that to change, especially if he has more on his plate. Um, but you know, I, I do think they'll add somebody at some point. It's not going to be a high pick. The tight ends in this year's draft are not regarded as particularly great. Um, but I think that you can get another receiving tight end or all around tight end. Um, maybe give my guy Scarve. Scarv. <laughs> he's got the he's got the best name on the team. Just feed. Well, well, maybe not really receiving tight
0: end now. Yeah, but and honestly, with the way the Ravens look at it, they may have said, "All right, Hayden would have been our third tight end again this year. So can you get you know 350 yards and two touchdowns out of Scarf or out of a rookie? Like that's probably the way they're looking at it. Is Mark is clearly the one. So as good as Hayden could be, he's not he's not better than Mark right now. So uh, Mark, so. That's
1: definitely, how they're looking at it. Yeah, so
0: like if you if you can plug in a guy and he can be that 300 yard receiver as the third tight end, as the second receiving option at tight end, um, th- and you can get a couple that's, of good picks out of it, then that's a that's a really good thing for the team.
1: Right, that shouldn't be hard to find. Let's say they flip that second round pick into my guy. I'm going to call him on the pod just so you can't take him. Colorado wide receiver Lavisca Chenault. Mm-hmm. How many yards do you think? How many yards do you think Lavisca could put up as a, as a number two complementary wide receiver to Mark to Hollywood Brown? Yeah. You know, yeah. I, think it's, I think it's more than 350. Yep. So so it's all about, you have to balance your team, right? I mean, the Ravens had uh, a surplus of talent at tight ends. They had a surplus of uh, talent at defensive tackle, right, with, with Michael Pierce and Brandon Williams. You had a surplus of talent at cornerback. Now, you know, it looks like they're probably not going to bring back Brandon Carr. Who knows, you know, maybe Jimmy, but it's going to be tough considering the Ravens, uh, you know, don't have a lot of salary cap space. Um, so you just can't have weak. I mean, that's, that's roster management one one right? I mean, you don't want to have too many good players in one position and then be weak somewhere else. I think the Ravens, uh, are, you know, according to some of the buzz that's out there, we can't confirm any of the moves, but they're becoming a deeper, more balanced team overall. That's going to be really hard to contend with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, um, you know, I've, We'll have plenty to say when these moves come official. Um, <laughs> so uh, how about another topic about a former Raven who we recently saw during the Marshall Yanda press conference, and that is Joe Flacco. There's reports that he would yeah. be getting released in Denver, um, which doesn't come as a surprise. He didn't play particularly well last year. They weren't really good with him at quarterback, and then he gets hurt. And Drew Locke is their their hope for the long-term answer. So Joe would be a backup there. He might be a backup anywhere he goes, uh, considering all the moves that are taking place. What do you see as the future for him?
1: I, I mean, I thought that uh, if it didn't work out in Denver, then Joe would just call it a career, to, to be honest. I just did not think that Joe would be happy being a backup. Like, he's reached the the mountaintop, he's been the Super Bowl MVP. Uh, he's made a lot of money. He has a big family that he wants to spend time with. He's had a good run. I mean, he's played how many seasons now? He came into the league yeah, 12, in 2008? 12, yeah. 12, 12 years. So, I mean, that's a good run. That's, a, that's a, If Joe Flacco were to retire today, he would have had a very successful NFL career. That's for sure. Yeah. Um. And so, like, that, my gut just told me that Joe wouldn't be a guy who would hang on and, and become the Matt Schaub of the NFL. Right. Uh, and, but, you know, to my surprise when the season ended and, and Denver reporters asked him that question, if he would be open to being a backup, he said, yes. And so, you know, the guy likes playing football. Um, and he probably has a a chip on his shoulder and wants to prove that he can be an elite starter. Um, and, Can I, can I go back and erase the word elite on that? Just because I don't want to go down that road. Um, (laughs) You've done that.
0: We've seen how that goes. (laughs) I know.
1: Sorry. That just, that just popped out of my mouth and I didn't even think about it. Mm. Um, anyway, you know, he wants to prove himself, I think. And, and he, I think he just likes playing football. He's a competitive guy and all that, you know? So, you know, I guess I'm wrong. I guess he's going to continue to play supposedly. Now, maybe he was open to being a backup in Denver and not being a backup elsewhere. You know, if, let's say if somebody else were to sign him and he doesn't win the starting job out of camp, maybe he plays, he plays out that year and then he calls it quit. I don't know. But, um, it is, it is crazy how much things can change in such such a short amount of time.
0: Yeah. Uh, how about this one? How about this, this thought? And I've actually thought this as a possibility when he was going through the process last year. What if he Bring ends up back. in, what if he, uh, no, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, what if, <laughs> what if he ends up in new England? Yeah, yeah that, they, that is very interesting. Now, I don't think that if he were to go to New England, it would be as you're coming in as the clear starter, no question about it. Um, I think that, you know, they could bring in Andy Dalton, as we talked about yesterday on the podcast. Uh, they, they they could have that's some options. My, that's where my money is. Yeah, I could see that. But, like, could Joe be a backup in New England? Could it be a situation where Joe and Andy come in and are kind of competing for a job? Is there too much veteran, you know, AFC North yeah. former quarterback. Uh,
1: I, Juju, I don't know, but like, yeah, I mean, most likely they would pick between Joe or Andy and they had, they drafted a quarterback last year. Jared, yeah, they don't like that. Yeah. Um, so they would compete. Those two guys, I think would compete for the starting job, but I mean, my gut still tells me, I think Andy Dalton makes a lot of sense for them, but Joe is very interesting. I mean, I, yeah, he's to had some good role, games has, up there in Foxborough, right? has some respect <laughs> for him, right? He, he's seen him ball out up there. Um, you put Joe in the right system, you know, I, I just think Andy suits them better. Getting the ball out of the hands quickly, you know, uh, stuff like that. I mean, Andy's pretty good at doing that. Joe is not as, I think, well-made for a West Coast system, you know. I mean, he's just got the big arm, wants to throw bombs and, and, and take the, you know, five, seven-step drops and, and hit that 10-yard out, you yeah, know. Yeah, so, um, to me, Andy Dalton makes more sense for them, but it, it would be fascinating if Joe went to New England.
0: Yeah, that would be really interesting. We, we didn't really talk about this when we did the Marshall podcast, but I, I think it's worth saying. Like, it was really cool that he came back for that. I think it was probably really strange to walk back into the building and uh, see a lot of old faces and, and- – you know, just given how it ended, and he's still playing, and it's a little awkward, And um, but I thought it was really a classy move on his part to come back and be part of that, and Marshall didn't even know that was happening. That was a surprise to Marshall, and he was definitely touched by it. When I talked to him after his presser, he was like, I had no idea that Joe was going to be here, and that meant a lot to him, so I think that... It- as we've said a million times, Joe's an, an awesome dude, and that was just another example of, um, you know, how he is so well respected and how he does the right thing for his teammates.
1: Yeah, one one thing Joe has always used it has been classiness. That's yeah. for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, so, um, what else do we want to talk about during free agency for the things that we can't talk about? Well, how about Tom Brady? <laughs> We talked about him yesterday. You, you, oh, we did talk about. You, you,
1: well, you, you must have seen that he was going to the Bucks the whole time, right? Yeah, there was no question about Saw that. that from a mile away.
0: Yeah, that's a weird one. I don't like. To me, that feels like Joe Montana uh, in Kansas City. That feels like Michael Jordan on the Wizards. Um, <laughs> it just doesn't seem to be one that like. Oh, the the Bucks are going to be great next year, and Brady is going to prove that. Uh, it was him all along that he was, he was the key to the success in New England beyond anything else. Like,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: It doesn't feel that way to
1: me. The, I think he was salty at the lack of weapons that he had last year. He said, you know what? I'm going to go down there with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. And, you know, I'm going to show the world that you put some, some good wide receivers around me. I can still ball.
0: It's just weird thinking about Tom Brady playing the, the, the Bucks game uh, with the pirate ship in. 90 degree weather in September. Like I'm used to seeing him in the, in the thermal suit and the snow and the nasty new England weather. Like the idea of him playing in Florida is just weird to me. That does not feel right. Like even the, the Jersey swap graphics that we've seen of him in the bucks uniform, it just doesn't feel like a real thing. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, I'm glad he's out of the AFC, no question about that, but I'm not sure I like the idea of him from a football fan standpoint, going and playing for the box. It's just weird. It's too weird for me.
1: Maybe it's like it's like you know you always have like New Yorkers and people from the Northeast who get old and they get tired of the cold weather and they're like I'm going oh a I'm snowbird going he's to just Florida. a snowbird
0: he, he's a snowbird <laughs> <laughs> okay that makes sense now it's starting to come together that all makes sense now
1: <laughs> so, I mean yeah I'm I'm glad he's out of the the uh, AFC good riddance um, you know and uh, you know what the Bucks might be pretty good this, next year they have a good defense. You can put Tom Brady in there with those wide receivers. You don't have a quarterback who's turning the ball over 30 whatever times it was that Jameis huh. threw picks last year. They, they can, Now they have the Saints in that division. It's, it's going to be an interesting division. Here's one, here's, here's one other thing I do want to talk about with the Ravens is, um, you know, we can't reference what the moves have, that have already been made, but based on the buzz that's out there in the rumor mill, like what's left for the Ravens to do, do you think? on the on the priority list it it, it shut it down at this point or what
0: well you know what's um I mean I still think inside linebacker is a position that could be addressed it's interesting that there's talk of Josh Bynes getting picked up um to Green Bay it hasn't happened yet but there's the the Packers are reportedly interested in Bynes which I had not seen that yeah which just uh speaks to the kind of season that he had um you know, given that he was out of football, then the Ravens sign him, he plays well. And now in the first couple of days, there's there's buzz about him going, getting picked up early. So um, I still think inside linebacker is, is the spot that could be addressed. As we've talked this week, I think that receiver is one that will be addressed during the draft that seems to be the way that the Ravens want to go and I think that's the best bet considering the depth of the class um, and also where the Ravens have picks you know a bunch of picks in those first four rounds so uh, I think they'll be able to get a quality receiver or two uh, in the draft. As we're talking about receiver, we actually have an email about that. This this is from Chris Choi. And as always, you guys can email us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. He writes, he is originally a Maryland native, currently lives in Melbourne, Australia. He bleeds purple and black. First, I wanted to say I look forward to listening to the lounge every time it comes on. So thank you so much. Like we were talking about earlier, we don't like to pat our our back too much, but here we are. Uh, Secondly, my question, uh, what do you think about picking up Josh Gordon? In the free agent market, I know cap space is not there, so I would say this.
1: That's not not the problem.
0: Yeah, and and he mentions the marijuana uh, testing, um, but you know he thinks he could be a great asset in the receiver market. So it's not going to happen. I don't see. I would be shocked if the Ravens were to pick up Josh Gordon. He's had so many opportunities. Um, He clearly has is dealing with you know, lots of issues and has been for his entire adult life, maybe his entire life. Um, And I don't think that you could have faith that he's going to be on the field.
1: No. Yeah. I I think Josh Gordon is probably done. Yeah. I I mean, how many, how many strikes do you get? Right. I mean, he's what five strikes you're out. I mean, you know, he's beyond three at this point. So um, yeah, I, I think Josh Gordon's career, you know, I, I unfortunately, you know, some people just can't can't stay on the straight and narrow. So um, it's a shame, talented player, you know. And uh, but I think, like I've said before, the Ravens want to get young at wide receiver, have these guys grow up with each other, become best friends on and off the field. We already saw that start last year with Hollywood and Lamar uh, Miles Boykin as well, and I think they want to just continue adding to that.
0: Yeah, I mean. Just to be specific, Gordon's been suspended five times in eight years. He's currently indefinitely suspended. So, um, yeah, I got the
1: number of strikes right.
0: Yeah. So I understand, like, we've off answered like a million Josh Gordon questions over the past several years and uh, on mailbag or or people who've written into the podcast. And I understand, like, the intrigue. The guy's got immense talent, but. he's got other issues off the field. So uh, I appreciate the question, Chris, um, but I don't think that is going to happen. So, and then I still, you know, offensive line is is that interior offensive line spot. Um, I still think those veteran guard interior linemen, you can get oftentimes for a bit of a bargain. Um, and, you know, we're not talking about, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not uh, Zach Thomas or Zach Martin, but, um, But you can get some quality players at that spot, uh, I think, in that kind of second wave of free agency, and that could be a spot where I think that the Ravens look. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, to me, it, it, it felt like all along that inside linebacker makes so much sense in the first round for the Ravens in the draft. Kenneth Murray, by every possible measure, including just his background, just, like, Greens Raven, and and now you know. So far, haven't had any official or reported moves at inside linebacker for the Ravens. It's just like setting up for that, you know. Um, but the Ravens never like to the pigeonhole themselves, um, so I'll be interested to see if they can find some kind of veteran, you know, later in the process, or who gets released or something like that. That'll be interesting. And and yeah, I mean, the money, the money. There ain't a whole lot of money of money left, so the guard situation is going to be intriguing because like I said before, I think they add a veteran, but they got to, they got to make some room to even do that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean,
0: but like you, 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 have, you got like, you like have Ben powers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, but you, you've, they've done that like over, I think of a guy like Bobby Williams, you know, he was on the Super Bowl team as it just as a random mm-hmm. example of somebody like, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of a guy in that category of player who's a veteran um, who can come in and play, play the position well, you know, you get a, a, mm-hmm. a, a B, a, a solid B player at that spot, plug and play. You don't really got to worry about them, though. they're going to be there. Um, it's an example of a guy, you know, who I think that they could try to target on the market.
1: Yeah, yeah. They'll figure something out there, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, I'm not too, I'm, I'm not I'm worried about the fact that Marciano retired and you got to replace him. But, um, I, I think that the Ravens will have some options for how to address that in free agency. So, um, yep.
1: yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I think that's it for today. Thank you everybody for listening. As always, you can reach us at the lounge at Ravens. NFL.net. I've got a sleeping baby in my arms that, uh, just drank a bottle. We're going to go, here and put her in the crib (laughs) um so so thank you for listening as always you can reach us and times are changing so uh stay tuned because you never know when we're going to be able to announce these deals um you know they are looking for medical professionals perhaps on site where the players are to conduct the the uh, physicals or getting the physicals from their former team to try to get these deals to become official so a lot is changing the nfl as is all of us are is trying to figure out what to do with this whole situation because it's a whole new world. So, um, but in terms of other thought, things, hey, Garrett, yeah, can I talk to one other thing in here? Yeah. Uh, cause we've gotten some emails on this. Uh, we've, we've gotten some, a couple of very helpful emails about our audio issues, uh, here on the pod, which, uh, you know, we're trying to figure out because we've never not been in the same room when we've been recording. The pod. Yeah. Um, and, and we will have improvements to that very soon. I'm getting a much better mic sent to my house. I'm going to wipe it down with the wipes, do the whole <laughs> shebang. I'm going to have the gloves on. Um, but, my, but we have the whole protocol here at the Mink household for any <laughs> incoming packages. Um, and once that is safe and in my house uh, and we figure out the back end stuff, the, I will start to sound a lot better. And I'm I'm, uh, I'm sure all of you are going to be looking forward to that. The quality
0: will be better, but th- the content of what you're the saying is still of- going to be terrible. Oh. The content will still be awful. I will have
1: nothing, <laughs> nothing of value or entertainment to say. We'll just be able to hear better. it more clearly. Right, the usual crap that I say will you'll it'll come through crystal clear.
0: <laughs> Perfect. I'm glad to hear that. Um, um, we appreciate you guys listening. Um, and as moves become official. Uh, we will con- we will have a full breakdown on our take and our thoughts uh, and what that means for the Ravens. So um, there's lots of stuff that's going on right now, and uh, that's why we're doing this daily podcast. So um, thank you so much for listening. Like Mink Mer- said earlier, uh, the quality will be improved. Uh, so we're <laughs> continuing to work on that. Um, but stay stay tuned. Uh, we love the community that we- we've built here with you guys. So send in your questions at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Um, thank you so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow.